What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my head? Fan effect. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fan Effect Podcast. This one live to tape from the Salt Palace Convention Center on the final day of FanX 2022 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Fan Effect is sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters and is part of the KSL Podcast Network, both of which are also represented here at FanX. Our sister podcast, The Letter, currently number one on Apple Podcasts, yes. by the way. Woo. My voice is in that, Andy. They had a panel. That is awesome, Kellyanne. And Megaplex had probably the most popular booth on the vendor floor. Did anybody go and stop by to get a movie poster or some kind of memorabilia? The line there is always crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're so generous and it's really awesome. Fanex is just one of those times where everything intersects. And the Salt Palace Convention Center becomes the nexus, maybe not of all dimensions, but at the very least, it is the, uh, some of the most fun parts of this dimension, right? Yes. 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 Okay, yes. thank you. <laughs> Oh, I was I was expecting this I didn't to be full and out the Q&A. into the audience. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what a three-day stretch of enjoyment it's been. If you're joining us for the first time, either here in the room or listening to the podcast wherever you are, my name's Andy Farnsworth from KSL News Radio and KSL Five TV in Salt Lake. Joining me for this podcast and panel are well. Let's just let each of you introduce yourselves. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm Dan Spindle. I uh, anchor the morning newscast and noon newscast, and occasionally, when Andy uh, will let me, we chat uh, Star Wars. Typically, because that's my uh, that's my preferred fandom. But we're going to get to that. So oh, yes. anyway, yeah, Dan Spindle with KSL TV. Mm-hmm. I'm Kellyanne Halverson. I'm with KSL Podcast. I produce a few different shows. I'm talking into the there mic. There we go. I'm Kellyanne Halverson. I am with KSL Podcast. I did stuff for radio as well. And I am just a giant nerd excited to talk about why I like to be a nerd today. And my name is Natalie Molinay. I am the producer and writer for Nerd Knowledge. And I currently work for uh, the largest PR agency in the world. And uh, I just love fandoms. And uh, I used to work at KSL with all these wonderful people, but wanted more money. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. And of course, Chris, is there anything I left out of my intro of you that you'd like to add? Hey, so yeah, I'm Chris Hoffman from Belady Studios, and Andy and I are childhood best friends. Aww. Oh, precious. Seriously, that's why I collected comics. This is where I have yeah, tons of stuff. So plenty, plenty of experience to talk fandoms with us, and it's fun surprise to have them with me. So we've had a busy three days ourselves here at FanX. Each of us has moderated a celebrity panel, and I actually wanted to hear how it went. I moderated, uh, I don't know if anybody went to Tara Strong's panel on Friday or Thursday night. Uh, She's the voice of so many people, but Raven from Teen Titans, um, Dill from uh, Rugrats. She's the current voice outside of the HBO series of, uh, of Harley Quinn. I mean, just seriously... She is the voice of so many different characters. She she's so nice. She's so kind. She, she gave people the truth when they asked about breaking into the voiceover business. She said, look, I'm just going to tell you the truth. It's pretty impossible unless you, she goes, it's like a, you got to know these people, but you can't know these people unless you already do it. It's the kind of a thing where nobody wants to give you a credit card until somebody does and then everybody does. That's kind of how it is, she said with voice acting. But she dr- name dropped Dee Baker. Mm-hmm. As you may know, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley yeah. Baker wow. from uh, the Clone Wars, but he actually has a website for people to uh, learn how to be voice actors, but also keeps it real in that, like, it's going to be difficult for you to be like where he is, right? And it's just the truth. 
So that was mine. She was amazing. Uh, tell me quick about yours, Natalie. Who did you do? I you did it today. I did it this morning. I got to talk to Steve Burns from Blue's Clues in front of 4,000 people. How was it? It was awesome, guys. If I met Steve yesterday when he got his autographs to break the ice, and he is just the nicest guy, and we vibed really well. He's very sarcastic. I'm very sarcastic. So I can't done. imagine that anything on Blue's Clues is sarcastic. <laughs> That's like the opposite of what it is. No, but it was no, it was fantastic. There was lots of laughing. Steve teared up, guys. You didn't see it, but he was tearing up when he was talking about his dog and about the what Blue's Clues means to him now that he's grown up and he's seen how it has affected thousands of millions of kids and millennials over the years. And it was just awesome to get to talk to him. He's yeah, wonderful. He, he did something like a couple months ago that was sort of out of the blue and it just went viral. Yeah, earlier, I don't know if I'm sure you guys saw it online earlier this year, he po- posted a video for us millennials who, you know, went through a pandemic and gone through recession. He's just dealt with so many things the past few years and he's like, I haven't forgotten you and for everyone that meant a lot and he didn't realize that he had such an impact and so follow him on TikTok. It, he's <laughs> Really, he's just such a wonderful guy. He's TikTok. really great. <laughs> What's old. TikTok? I'm old. It's for us cool millennials. Yeah. All right, Dan, you had a Backstreet Boy. Yeah, uh, A.J. McLean, the bad boy of the Backstreet Boys, which I, I will not lie, I was and am a Backstreet Boys fan, and I talk a lot about boy bands of the 90s. I'm not kidding. Like Because it, it fits in with pop culture. I thought, why is he here, first of all? He came, Fanex was his very first convention in 2016, <laughs> where he was here to to promote Dead 7, which is an awesomely bad uh, uh, zombie flick, which is kind of in the vein of Sharknado, where he played this guy named Johnny something or other, Vermillion. And he had a pretty good performance, actually. I I watched it to be prepared for talking to him. It's on YouTube. But he loves fandom. He loves uh, cons. He's done 30 of them now. He said he first did it in 2016. Now he's done 30 of them. Great to talk to. That was in the Grand Ballroom again with a couple thousand people at least. And it was just, it was great. He could not have been more down to earth and kind and nice to talk to fans young and old. It was, it was great. Yeah. Awesome. How about um, you, Kellyanne? I, at the same time that Natalie was talking to Steve, I was talking to Cameron by Kondova, B. Kondova, and she was Selena Kyle, or Catwoman on Gotham. Mm. And it was so cool. I was nervous. It was my first time doing a celebrity panel, uh, but I was just shocked how natural it was, and she just made it so much fun. And it was really interesting because her background uh, came from dancing, and she was able to move into acting. And so, just like me, I started in theater and things like that and moved into where I'm at right now. It was really fun to talk to her about that resiliency you need to keep trying uh, and to keep um, working in the entertainment industry and doing it for creative purpose, not just for a paycheck. (laughs) But she was just wonderful. And it's also my favorite fandom is DC Comics. So it worked out really well for me. So we're all here at FanX because we love some type of fandom. And we want to celebrate that a bit, but also dig into why we love it. And what is it that draws us to these fandoms in the first place? So let's start with ourselves. Uh, What are uh, each of our top three to five favorite fandoms? And I'm sure that some of these are going to overlap. Yeah. So I wrote mine down, so I'll remember mine. But uh, I already started my number one, so I'll go ahead and go. DC Comics has meant the world to me, uh, both reading them, watching the animated series, uh, seeing the various different uh, versions of Batman. I just love DC Comics and the female representation that's within there. Uh, If you know me, I'm known for loving Disney parks. (laughs) 
<laughs> Disney in general. Um, and then there's like all these random ones that I love, um, including any of the stars, Stargate, Star Trek, Star Wars. But the kind of obscure one I love that no one seems to know is 10th Kingdom. It was an NBC miniseries. Like, yeah, I, I think know, I have yes, that. people know who it is. Oh, I'm so excited. Huff puff. Um, but it's those are like my favorite. Anytime I can explore a world that is going to open a new window to me and uh, teach me something new, I'm I'm going to embrace. What it. was your first DC uh, thing that initiated oh. you and you said, "Oh, I have to watch this." Well, like, I'm always watched... interested in that first thing that you saw that you went, "Oh, that's it." Well, you know, like the '80s Batman and stuff. I watched sure. those when I was younger. But it was really when the animated series came on uh, with Bruce, you know, Bruce Tim, Kevin Conroy, amazing art, amazing music. Music, and they actually used the, the, the um, uh, Daniel Elfman, Danny Elfman's music mm-hmm, in it. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this character, Harley Quinn. Yeah. And she was a villain, but she was also very awesome. <laughs> she was standing up with Joker with these other people. And I used to get teased as a kid that I was watching Batman, so it's meant for boys. But here, I was uh, like, no, there's we'll, Ivy, we'll there's Harley, there's later. all these cool people, there's Batgirl. So that was that was my first experience, and cool. that's like my goal now. Andy knows that that's the running phase. Oh, yeah. This I is what we're hoping all of this someday. is prepped for her to one day work for DC Comics. I, I need to help them clean up their, 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 their stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe they stop rebooting the timeline every, like, two years. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, Dan, what's your number one? Well, I'll, I, I'm going to give you a mishmash, because, and I can't give this in specific order other than my, my ultimate number one, so I'll kind of go uh, count down as we do or count up. Um, and you mentioned Disney Parks, which I never yes. even really thought about that, but being a kid and going there with my grandparents, I was born in Southern California. My dad worked for Disney. He designed His the plush. His dad made Star Wars toys. My dad made lots of things. He's a toy designer. And so when I was a little kid, my dad designed, redesigned all of the plush toys for the Disney Parks. So we would go into Disney stores. We'd go into Toys R Us. And our trips to the toy stores were to see what my dad's had done. Oh, this isn't my Pluto. The leg is up too high. This isn't my Mickey because the face is like this. It was the funniest thing. So we knew which ones my dad had designed based on how they looked. And so I would say Disney Parks is in there, obviously. Um, DC, and, and this isn't to take anything away from Marvel. There's just so much the fire hose of Marvel over the last 15 years. I kind of want to avoid that altogether because DC for me, I remember being sick with the chicken pox when I was five years old and I watched Superman with Christopher Reeve five times in a row. I must have watched it all day long when I was home from school. I loved it. The Superman music brings tears to my eyes. Uh, the Batman, and then the shift to the darker Danny Elfman style. I had a, a um, CD when I was growing up called Music for a Darkened Theater that was Danny Elfman themes. So I love DC. I'll throw in Star Trek in there somewhere because I really got into when Next Generation hit kind of revamped it. I remember Wrath of Khan when I was a kid and the voyage home and the search for Spock. Yeah. And the, I remember Spock swimming with the whales, you know, whatever. But then First Contact, I think, really That's brought it back. So I saw good. First Contact in the theater with the Borg and all of that, and I thought, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so I really got back into that, and Jean-Luc Picard and all that. Um, number one, by far, Star Wars. Uh, I was a kid of the 80s, so Return of the Jedi was my absolute initiation to Star Wars. The scene on the sail barge, Luke Skywalker off the swashbuckling with the walking the plank. I mean, it's the most classic cinema to me. Um, and since then, I would say for my, with my own kids, uh, it would be the animated series and not so much Clone Wars, which I didn't get into it on, on Cartoon Network, but when 
Rebels came out, so this would be about seven years ago. Boy, did we bond over Ezra and Canaan and Hera and Zeb and Chopper and the Inquisitors. We loved it. And then Clone Wars hit Netflix, and we consumed all of it. And then we had the sequels and then all of that. And so I would say my Star Wars fandom that's mostly been high has had some dark times, you know. <laughs> but um, a lot of the new modern Star Wars has brought us back. Rogue One is a masterpiece. And uh, I would just say the new um, Andor, check it out. It is, it's like nothing you've seen. Um, and that's a good thing. I love it. I, I kind of love everything that you can take in from Star Wars, whether it's goofy, funny, silly prequels to animation to more serious takes like uh, like the new Andor. All right, Natalie, what about you? Yeah, bear with me. My whole life I've been told Natalie no one wants to hear about it. So <laughs> and then I, I met Andy and he put me on his podcast and I get to talk about it all the time. Um, but I'll go from the bottom up too. So I really started off watching Star Trek Next Generation. I fell in love with the cast and um obviously data was like my first like whoa this is insane did you see him here did you see brett spiner here see brent spiner oh my gosh yeah he's he's a character for sure Um, but wait how is he older if he's an android (laughs) (laughs) didn't he didn't he get some bio parts or something i don't know no but i thought it's pretty cool how they've used it in picard by making him have like another human that just happens to be a descendant so he can be in it and be old at the same time it was very strange to see him in Picard. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then so next generation. Next generation would be uh, one of my top five. Um, definitely Marvel, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely I didn't get into Marvel actually until I saw Iron Man, the, mm-hmm. the recent one. I think that that's a common thing for yes. uh, under a, probably a certain age, and that's not a bad thing. Well, I in just, the eighties, that, DC a very was everything. Thing. Superman and Batman were everything. Iron Man and all those guys. I mean, X-Men. They were comic only. X-Men was probably way up there because we loved Logan. But, but yeah, Iron Man, the, the film, really got everybody into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I actually went and saw it just because friends were like, I think you like this because you're kind of a nerdy, like Star Trek. And I was like, okay. And definitely fell in love with like, where this was going. And they're explaining to me like the Avengers. And I was like, this is very fascinating. And I did grow up watching like the DC cartoons too. Just wasn't as invested as definitely you and Dan have been. Um, and, but the thing that definitely sucked me into fandoms was the Lord of the Rings. Mm. I remember, I remember seeing the, I'll be the different one was, yeah, seeing the Lord of the Rings in theaters and just being, um, just sucked into this world of middle earth and seeing the bonds of friendship between characters and, um, the story of good versus evil, and as I've gotten older, I've, like a pre- now that I understand the stories better, I can see the details. I've read the books a million times, and read The Hobbit, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful story of good versus evil, and um, not ever giving up hope. And I think another fandom I would love to throw into the ring too is um, Blue's Clues. Par- <laughs> <laughs> Blue's Clues. But oh no, anything that has to do with paranormal. I love ghost hunters, ghost adventures. I love the unknown. X-Files would fall on that too. I would say one of the coolest things about FanX, uh, and, and maybe others, I've never been to any other but FanX, is seeing how many different fandoms are represented. You know, I, I actually, I think it's kind of fun when I see something where I'm like, I have no idea. I don't have any idea. I, I can tell, I think they're cosplaying. I'm pretty sure they're cosplaying, but I have no idea what it is. But I'll stop them and say, hey, uh, what are you cosplaying? And then they'll tell me, and I'll be like, oh, I've never heard of that. But now... I might look it up. So I think that's kind of cool. I saw somebody the other night that was wearing un, uh, Over the Garden Wall. Does anybody know what that is? Oh, yeah. I love Over 
Okay, so wall. see, some people do. Does anybody who does not know what Over the Garden Wall is? Okay, so I know it's all right. I'm Never just heard saying, of it. It's about a 50 50 split. It's like an animated thing. Elijah Wood is the voice of one of the characters. I love it's, Wood. Re- it's, I can't even describe it. It's. Oh, perfect Halloween viewing from it's comfortable from Halloween viewing. But it's it's, it's cute. It's funny. It's got like a really classic animation style, and it's as weird as any. There's a song about uh, potatoes and molasses, and, potatoes and I'm and just molasses. telling you, it's the funniest thing that you've never heard. So uh, it's on, I believe, Hulu's the last place I saw it. If you ever want to give it a chance, they're short little episodes. But that's what I'm saying is this is a place where Fanex, where everybody can have something that they love. And not everybody, you know, I, I bet there's nothing that we listed that people are like, well, I hate that. <laughs> or I've never heard of that. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. mainstream. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly mainstream in my loves as well. Uh, before I do that, Chris, Chris, what are your, uh, Chris Hoffman, what are, what are your, if you had your top three you had to pick right now, what would they be? Well, you guys mentioned like uh, Star Wars and, and Marvel and whatnot, but you know what? You and me, like our favorites uh, when we would play together was G.I. Joe and Transformers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We had all of those ones to, to work with, and uh, more recently, ones that my kids have gotten me into, I've gotten into more anime, because that is, you're seeing the demographics actually change at a lot of comic, comic cons, where it's not so much about the comics and where those IPs were coming from, from the comic cons in like the 60s, and 80, or 60s 70s, and 80s, right? So a lot of what's coming in now is... Uh, from uh, Japanese animation and, and those fandoms. Oh, my daughter, the one that's not here because I think she's in the Stranger Things line right now. <laughs> oh, she wasn't going to make it? Oh, she wanted to meet Dustin so bad. She cosplayed as Dustin. Ah, oh, that's too bad. But the I other one that she hoped Dustin. that I would moderate if I could was uh, My Hero Academia. So she's like huge into some of that anime Attack on Titan, I think. Uh, the My Hero Academia is such great character designs and like the cosplays when you see those move out where these these giant cardboard 3d printed crazy things oh, so, so much fun to get pictures with and then they always have like a pose where like my kid was so excited because it was a character from one piece that came by I had these huge um hands right and there was a pose that he did with his hands together and my kid was doing that and you have to see my kids are actually fairly introverted right and so having him uh, see what he's excited about when he comes to this this uh, convention was pretty cool for me my uh I, I, i'm pretty mainstream as far as the things like i think probably the only thing that i'm a fan of that's not something that everybody would list is uh, battle of the planets slash gachaman which was the <laughs> 1970s it was one of the first animes to come over to uh the states and i loved it i, I mean it had uh, the, the american version had um Oh, I suddenly can't think of his name. Uh, top, did the top 40. Oh, Casey, Casey, Casey Kasem? Kasem. Casey Kasem was the like voice. Like Shaggy. Yeah. He was the voice of Shaggy, He was the too. voice of, uh, of Mark, the leader of... Uh, so I know all the Japanese. I actually have both versions uh, on, on DVD. So that's my obscure fandom is uh, Battle of the Planets. And they did include it in one of the Super Smash Brothers type fighting games. Um, Anyway, he was a character in that, but I don't own that game. And then Marvel, Star Trek, and I separate Spider-Man from Marvel, not because he's not part of Marvel, but because I have a separate love for Spider-Man that goes beyond the rest of the Marvel Agreed. universe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'll get into that when we talk about um, you why? know, the why, but, mm-hmm. but I'll explain. And then, of course, for me, number one is and has been for as long as I can remember is Star Wars. Um, I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater in Orem when I was five years old. Actually, I wasn't quite five. And the, about the only thing I remember was how terrifying it was when Han Solo got dropped, <laughs> frozen onto the ground. And then I didn't want to see it again for 
a little while. But then sitting in line for two hours to go to Return of the Jedi because that's how you had to do things back then. By the way, it's way better to see blockbuster movies now than it was then. Let's just make that clear. Whatever fun was had in the line, I much prefer being able to just go and see it when I want to in the theater than having to wait through entire screenings. But you remember it. See, I have to throw this in there. My kids and I, one of the greatest theater experiences we had was waiting to see The Force Awakens, and my kids were... I don't know what age is there. Look, you know, they're nodding. They remember because we were there waiting in line for, we took them out of school. We got some food and we sat in line for eight hours. And then we got into our seats finally. For the Force Awakens? For the Force Awakens. It was jam packed. And we saw the first screening and it, they still remember it. I mean, they go, oh, yeah, guys, remember when we did this and we sat in line forever and we had this disgusting McDonald's food that kind of cooked itself in the bag and then it was, yeah, but they remember it because it was, it was a notable experience, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I, I'm curious well, of who's in here. Who's ever taken their kids or themselves out of school to see a movie or, you know, actually literally hey, slough? That's like, that's almost universal. That's everybody. Well, I, know, I just was wondering. <laughs> so I, many people. I've never done that for you. We're I have done the, that We're among you. friends. Well, and I think that goes a little bit to what kind of the, the topic and when we presented this idea is and discussed among ourselves is how fandoms connect us. And it's not just the experience of being in that blockbusting line or uh, being checked out of school as a kid dressed up as, you know, a Lord of the Rings character, but it connects us to the stories. It connects us to each other. And I think that's kind of that comfort we find as we explore fandoms. Yeah. Well, actually, it- psychologists actually recommend that kids find a fandom because it creates a, a stability of a community so if you are afraid of your kid joining a fandom don't because <laughs> it's it, it's where they'll belong it's where they'll find people who are similar to them but the psychologists did recommend don't let them get so, too upset so what's your what's your oldest favorite so far sarah yeah she loves a uh, paw patrol for sure. Okay, and that's it's going to change as you go, too. Oh, yes. That's why uh, by the way, here's awesome one. Here's an obscure one. One of the first things that would probably be considered fandom now that I ever remember watching, Space Giants. Does anybody know what that is? Space Giants. You can look it up on you YouTube. You make that up. I am not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm not making this up. It was, it was a Japanese import. It was like kind of what Power Rangers later became. Uh, it was it was filmed in Japan. It's a, it's a total dub where the lips don't match the thing. But there was this kid named Miko, and he had three robot friends that would transform into rocket ships. I'm not kidding you. Look I it up you. on YouTube right now. And I love that. My siblings and I still talk about that. The bad guys were these things called Lugu men, and they were like they, all they had was like a pantyhose over their head or something like that. I've heard this. And they so would many disintegrate. <laughs> I'm serious. And. We still make, if we put a glove on, it's a Lugu glove. Do and the it's guys with the panios on the head talk to you, Andy? I mean, this is a, my brother makes six figures and we still do this kind of stuff <laughs> when it comes around. So that's the kind of stuff, that, that's to me, first, that's why we started the Fan Effect podcast in the first place, was to celebrate these kinds of things because they are a part of us, whether, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, we would only admit it to a select few of our closest friends, mm-hmm. but we all had that, and I bet that even they had that. You know, for some people, um, how many of you have felt like up until maybe within the last 10 years, you'd be looked down upon if somebody found out you were a huge fan of Star Trek or more than just a casual goer to the movies of Star Wars or something like that. If they found out that you had centerpieces on your table at your wedding 22 years ago that were Star Wars figures, you would be looked down upon. Sometimes they look down upon you now and they're your own children. (laughs) 
But it's great that we have lived in a time to see, and I, and I do need to credit, I mean, we have to credit Star Wars and Marvel and, and Batman. I mean, really those sure. three specific Spider-Man, too, because the well, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire was about 20 years ago yes. now, and that was bringing it into the X-Men new century. X-Men 2000 is what yes. made people say, yeah. oh, hey, there For might sure. be something to this. Spider-Man takes it to the next level, and then in 2008, they roll the dice with Iron Man. Because remember, between Spider-Man, uh, well, I-, I consider Amazing Spider-Man 2 to, to be, not Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2, <laughs> careful there, <laughs> Very to be the, the pinnacle of the yes. non- Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, but after 2004, we had Hulk in 2003 with Ang Lee, which didn't really work very well. And then well. the Incredible Hulk we had, after Iron Man, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And then we had a ghost, couple of Ghost Rider movies that were... Yeah. I, Daredevil. Chris, Chris was a big Ghost Rider fan, so I was excited for him ghost when they made Rider. the movie. But Like the Ghost Rider PBS show? Yes. Oh, Ghost Rider. Sorry. I've got some. Ghost Rider. You and I can talk about Ghost Rider. The Nicholas Nicholas Cage Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider on PBS was cool. Right? No. What I absolutely love about this, though, besides the fact you just got distracted and have to think about what that was, go ahead. Never All right. Mind. I will cut we this. We took Kellyanne out of it. That's okay. But the, the point is, is that we're at a point now where oh, I know everyone was. can admit that they like it. I mean, what, what, is it not cool to sit in a theater? Think of a, the last truly, I think, communal explosion in a theater that... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Avengers Endgame. Yes, oh, that, that was, so was two yeah. and... Who three. didn't have a great experience with 3,000 of your closest friends that you'd never met before? Right. Mm-hmm. That was... No. That, and that's the, it's that the back. gasping and the sighing and the laughing and oh. the crying. I mean, it all happens. It's all emotion. I mean, and you, you don't feel like, like a sporting I better event not, when yeah. he caught the hammer. When, he, right. when Captain America catches Thor, I get the goosebumps thinking about it right now. Yeah. And I don't care what you think, Megan. <laughs> well, well, and here's the thing. We talked about the last 10 years is when this has kind of come forward where fandoms have been accepted. And I think that goes along with the rise of communication technology, with social media, with even internet chat rooms, if we go back even further, that the fact that not only can we find these stories that we love, we are now able to find each other. And I think that's what's so amazing about being here at Fanex. As you walk around, you see people in different shirts. You can go, oh my gosh, the Greedo shirt. I love, you know, I, I love Star Trek. Star Wars. We got Zelda shirts here. We have all sorts of different things, right? We have all sorts of different fandoms that we can meet and talk about together. And uh, we don't just have this one little place once a year to talk about. We can talk all the time about it. So this rise of communication has helped us to find our people as we're finding these stories and be exposed to new things. I don't know anything about Doctor Who, but I know I'm not supposed to blink when I'm around those angel things. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Whovians. We just we have to accept uh, each other, and then we get to learn and share with each other these wonderful things, and you become fans of things you weren't fans of before. That's why I tried over the garden wall because my niece said, oh, it's so oh, great, you should watch it. I and then I was scrolling through Hulu, and I was like, yeah, the episodes are only like 10, 15 minutes. I guess I'll give it a shot. But then I was like, Okay. Me and my sister bond about. over that every October, and she's coming to Utah. We, we're, I'm going to do that. We're going to do a podcast. I'm going to make you watch it. And the fun part about fandoms to me, and, and I, I'm curious to see what you think, is I, I, I think it's the one thing. In sports, because sports and, and, and you know, the passion of sports fans is, you know, I, I feel like fandoms, we equal that. But because sports is a zero-sum game, there's a winner and a loser. So if we, be, if we win, you're, you're, you lose, and... and, and that's how it always is. There's, you know, they don't like ties and everything like that. But 
in fandoms, this is one of the times where you can both be right about something. You can't yeah. both be right about who won the game, but you can both be right about, I love Star Trek more than Star Wars, or I love Star Wars more than Star Trek, and it doesn't have to be a fight, although it sometimes, sometimes turns into yeah. one. <laughs> I love, there was a, a meme that I saw that had the Enterprise like facing off with a Star Destroyer, and it says, place your bets, there will be riots. <laughs> Um, I but, will tell you, with the Star Trek, I mean, just the idea of fandoms and the, the, the classic portrayal of nerds and, and, and celebrities versus their own fans. I talked to, I'm, I'm purposely name-dropping here, I got to interview William Shatner so uh, via nice. Zoom a couple of weeks ago. and we In preparation his, for this. In preparation for this. His people told us, you have eight minutes. Well, we talked for 16, okay? Like, I stretched it as long as I could. He could not have been more... He was asking about me. He was asking about my children. It was the coolest thing. And I know that William Shatner does these things. And I said to him, but you are the OG. You are the original fandom. The joke was, William Shatner says, come on, you know, you live in your parents' basement. What are you doing? You know, yes, that, that, the Saturday Night Live SNL skit in the 80s. And yet he's come full circle where he's 91 years old, coming to Comic-Con conventions, fan X, whatever experiences, too... In- meet fans, and I asked him, why do you do this? You can go wherever you want and do whatever you want. And he said, because they're there, and they invited me, and I want to talk to people, and I'm interested with people. And so, over this conversation, he said, for example, why are you wearing a necktie? And I said, right, right. And he goes, no, really, let's explore this. I'm here in a t-shirt, you're in a necktie. And he starts going... This this existential discussion about why, and I'm going, wait a second, you really are Captain Kirk. You really are going beyond and, and where no one has been before. And I thought, how cool is that, that even Captain Kirk himself, who was before fandom, modern fandom, has accepted it to the point of wanting to push it out there to, to its limits. And he comes here and he doesn't have a moderator and he chats for an hour with thousands he's, he's of people. He's over 90, so. and did you see... 91, yeah. Did anybody in here go to Shatner's panel? Dude, can you believe how much energy that Incredible. guy's got? Incredible. We should check his birth certificate. I mean, really, like, I, I said to him, I don't get this. 91, what are you doing? It must be all the warp speed that, uh, you know. Relative. Yeah, that's true, because he traveled at light speed. He's 91 calendar. Warp really speed, not light speed. Warp, warp speed. Warp speed is relative to light speed. Oh, my okay, goodness, well. guys. See, but that's the thing. <laughs> we can all be friends even after all of that. Alan, welcome. Nerd. <laughs> we we appreciate the nerd title. I have so here you guys touched on something that I'd like to to explore a little bit more, and I think this is part of what draws us to our favorite fandoms. How many of you in here uh, or up here on the table are a fan of something or started liking something because your parents got you started on it? TNG. Okay, that's probably how it's always going to go. I, the first movie I ever saw in Utah well, was Superman Two. Okay, at Taylorsville. And the theater's not even there now. It's a Texas Roadhouse Steakhouse. But <laughs> still Superman good. Two, to well, me, was the pinnacle of superhero movies. Even after some of the ones came out later, I thought that if we had the Matrix, I thought that the Matrix Revolutions was the fight that Superman Two should have been had the technology existed at the time. Matrix Revolutions. If you love it, I'm sorry, but it it's terrible except for that fight between uh, Agent Smith and Neo at the end, where they're just full on fighting for the Matrix. That's what Superman versus Zod should have been. And so to finally see things, uh, you know, come full circle, that, that's great. But, but a lot of these things, you know, you talked about bonding with your kids. I remember sitting with my dad. That, that, that's where we were. Uh, we, we sat outside the 33rd South movie theaters. There's a little dome. Or it's not even there anymore. But 
It was because of those things that we did together. I'm a movie fan because my dad watched a lot of movies and took us to a lot of movies. And so that's become a thing for me. And I have tried to balance making my kids watch what I want them to like and letting them watch the things that they might want to like. For example, uh, if you went, I, I'm, that's why I asked uh, about your uh, daughter, uh, Natalie, was if you already know a fandom that, that she's into. And Dan, I bet you could go through your kids and say, what is the thing that each of my kids likes best? Not exclusively, but what they might like best. Like, right. I could do that with my kids too. Uh, and it's not things that I would like. Like, Megan, you're stranger things right now. Well, you were up until like close. Now what is it? Oh, Grace Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Oh, that's, that's a fandom. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's like 16 you. years now but, or something. But, uh, you know, my, ten, my 12-year-old, he's into Pokemon big time. You know, I, I, I don't understand Pokemon. I don't know why my daughter loves anime. And that's okay. But that's okay. That's what I like about this. I do need to keep an eye on it in case she gets into where I've seen some weird things that happen in anime. So... Well, I very, have to gatekeep a little tiny bit for it's that. It's very fascinating. So I, go, I would like deep dive into like the psychology of like why, because I can't get yes, into anime yes, either. I've tried. I've watched so much of it and I just can't. And my husband loves it, <laughs> but I can't get into it. And so I was like, why can't I get into this? But like Lord of the Rings, this fantasy type, you know, I'm into, but I'm not into other fantasy books and things like that. And it really comes down to like, something that you emotionally connect to mm-hmm. in that fandom, which is very fascinating. So every time now when someone tells me something that they like, I'm like, let's discuss your childhood. Did you not have a father? <laughs> like, why, 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 do you, why do you gravitate towards these types of things? And as I've been studying all this, I'm like, that's why I like Lord of the Rings. That's why I like the Avengers and mm-hmm. all these other things. Because and, you didn't have a father and Sauron <laughs> was, I don't know. Yeah, I, I had a big <laughs> eye staring at me every morning and I, was, I can relate to that. Well, because oftentimes in our culture, particularly us as women, we're the two women here on this panel. We don't Speaking see for ourselves. all women in the entire world right now. Yes, yes. He <laughs> gave me a permission. I'm okay. <laughs> we don't see ourselves in culture as much as uh, traditionally men have. And so when we find these fandoms where we see, be seen, you know, not just as women, but as human beings and people have had different experiences, that's when we attach to it. And I know a lot of us, you know, you, you've heard that. Um, you know, friends are the family that you choose. Our fandoms are the family that we choose. Total yeah, strangers can walk up. I'm looking at here today. I love this Darth Vader uh, Mickey Mouse helmet. Oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing. I feel like we're friends and family. You're my <laughs> uncle, even though I don't even know you. And it's because we have chosen these fandoms. We've chosen these stories. They've experienced. Then it gets weird if you ask for money from your uncle. You know that you don't know. But you know that's uh, that's that a was the story. Just, just she makes you her family, then asks you to borrow some money. Going back to like what Kellyanne was talking about. I remember when She-Hulk came out recently yes. and it got bad reviews. But the bad reviews came from men between the ages of 20 and 30. Or bots. <laughs> if you do, or or bots. men who wrote bots the, that would do that. The positive reviews came from women between the ages of 18 and 31. and I, yeah. 18 and 30. And I barely get out of that demographic. But She-Hulk has become one of my favorites. Because I love it. I identify with her mm-hmm. so much because she, she's a corporate working woman. And she's has we just the whole time when she's talking about why like she can't get angry is because i could potentially die and she's trying to do tinder and all these crazy things it's fantastic but it's It's just relatable i just love that that's what fandoms can do to us is i can be like 
I get that. I get what she's saying. I understand exactly what she's going through and I want to watch it so I can go through this journey with that person. And that's why like, I feel like Star Wars is so popular is that people see themselves in Luke and um, they want to find out where, they are, where they're at in this world. Like, why are they here? And then they can go through this journey with Luke and he finds out more about himself. And um, that's why Lord of the Rings really clicked on to me is because my friends, if you're listening to this, like, please... I didn't have the greatest friends growing up. So when I watched Lord of the Rings, there was this sense of community with these friends that are unlikely. And I think that's also why I connect with the Avengers is because they also are all these different people, but they make it work and they support each other through everything. And um, that's just like the most wonderful thing about finding your right fandom. Even if you don't like, cause I know a lot of people don't like the same things I do. And, that is fine. I, it's great that they have found an outlet where they can find themselves inside a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. or a book. Um, I know all of us, but most of us probably have read Harry Potter and um, identifying with Hermione or even Ron being the goofy friend that you don't feel like you don't feel like you're the popular one at the school. But anyway, before you I'm, get too far away from She-Hulk, I was going to say, okay. like, I totally agree with you, and and the. Any complaint that you can find from the people who are complaining about it in She-Hulk, you can find that they did that in the comic book. They are faithfully yeah. following that comic book. The breaking the fourth wall, everybody's like, that's Deadpool's thing. No, that was She-Hulk's thing. She started that. And there's a whole bunch of that. And so you can see that people don't have a sense for where, where it came from. And so the complaints don't really uh, have a lot of merit to it. I think a lot of times, too, with fandoms, and I'll, I'll take it from the Star Wars perspective, when the criticisms come up, it's because they're not understanding maybe what the filmmaker or the screenwriter was trying to do. And more often than not, the screenwriter, the showrunner, the director, they were doing something so deliberate that once you find out, you oh, 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 that's what they meant to do. Right. Even George Lucas in the prequels, which me, I was an older teen, and when I say that, I was you know, 18, 19 years old. And I felt so devastated at what George Lucas had done to me with, with The Phantom Menace and with Jar Jar Binks. And I, I, my cousin and I, who were huge Star Wars fans, were devastated because what we wanted to see was the Lord of the Rings style, serious, whatever. We didn't realize, wait, George Lucas is at a point in his life, he's doing it for his children, he's doing fart jokes and, fun, you know. And that's yeah. what it was. I, I can watch the prequels now with my kids and I love them for what they are, right? If you can look at the, the Mandalorian, which is hard to not like. I mean, people in mainstream, they love brilliant, The Mandalorian. Show. But it is so much a perfect classic Western. And I would say mixed with, you know, Kurosawa, Samurai. But that's what Westerns are anyway, the modern Western. It's all the lone man who... We, we know so little about The Mandalorian from looking at his face because it's a helmet... And yet, what great character development do we have from Din Djarin? Not just the moments that he took off the helmet, and it's, it's happened a few times. There's emotion there. There's growth there. There's connection there with, with this little character. I mean, it's, it's an age-old tale, and yet you're going, wow, how am I relating to these people that live in this galaxy far, far away? Because they are deliberately crafting a story that's timeless. So... And in many ways, they do it differently. But The Mandalorian, I, I picked that example because he wears a helmet the whole time, and yet you're going, oh, this guy, I connect with him in so many ways. I love that you said character development. Yeah. How cool is it that we can read a story, and while the character is developing, we get to develop our own character? Yeah. Uh, that is 
phenomenally wonderful. Uh, whenever we are seeing through someone else's point of view in a movie, in a comic, in anything, it changes who we are. And it changes who we will become and who we welcome into our lives. Stories are the most beautiful, wonderful thing in the world, in my opinion. And I have pulled so much of who the, the character I am as a person because of Star Wars, because of Star Trek, because of Tenth Kingdom or Harry Potter. It's, it's just amazing how much they can help us develop. They become real people to us to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, definitely Sam from Lord of the Rings is someone I identify with because he was so loyal to Frodo. And just being able to see, like, a friendship that works out was, like, fascinating to me. And I've always <laughs> wanted to write Sean Astin just to be like, hey, your character changed the way I saw friendship. And, and see, I thought the hobbits were the most annoying part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> they were the Go best Come on now. Mocking. I'm saying of oh. all the characters, I like the hobbits the least. But I, didn't, I had never read the books before I saw the movie. So I saw the movies first. Constant and I really, I related to, to I liked part. Aragorn. And, and, you know, I even related to Sean... Uh, Sean Bean's character, Boromir, uh, because, you know, I felt flawed like him. Like, he he, he tried to take the... And again, I read the books, but I really liked how they portrayed it in the first movie when he's seized by that moment of madness, and then, like, when when he gets shot to death by the the orc, like, I got, like, teary-eyed. We all did. And I wasn't expecting that, but, uh, you know... Everybody likes each thing each way. I I got devastated when Sam uh, died because the Demodogs ate him in the lobby of the... uh, Remember Stranger Things? Oh, no, if you haven't sad, seen season I, I just saw him three. as like Sam, not Sean I know. Hansen in the show. I thought I'd like, throw that in there because he was Sam and then he gets and Bob on yeah, Stranger Bob. Things. <laughs> it's very that sad. That's so sad. All right. Well, we got to get ready to wrap up. So I did want to ask one question before we get to the wrap up. Chris, did you have a quick question or is it's it going to require question. more? Like, you were talking about the psychology of like these things and why we're fans of them. How much do you think like a little bit of fear builds into these things because I'm also a huge Disneyland fan, right? And I still get scared when I'm on Pinocchio's Scary Adventure and, and Monstro comes over with that big strobe light. It's so Darth Vader's scared. We also, yeah, it's the end that's the fear of facing whatever we don't want to watch. <laughs> and that's why I'm always drawn to the stories of hope. I'm, I, I've talked with different people recently as, yeah, as I watch and I, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of new stuff as I review stuff for Channel 5 TV and I'm just noticing this this trend of nihilistic, like it's going yeah. to dark without the redeeming light of hope that's supposed to wave through it, which is what surprised me about the Sandman series on Netflix. I don't know who watched Sandman on Netflix, but even when it went to some weird dark places, they kept a little thread of light through even the darkest points. And I feel that's one of the reasons I don't enjoy horror movies in general. But I was surprised by Sandman at how even when it went to places I didn't necessarily like, there was that little ray of hope that it kept. And, and you know, the, the, this, the episode with death, where his sister death, I mean, Aunt Andy, that Andy, was amazing. A lot of people haven't seen it yet. And we are going so past time. We have another panel. We coming were told in. five minutes. That's what I'm saying. I'm getting to that. <laughs> what, uh, really quick. This is something you're going to ask really fast. Hey, this look, is this is what happens on every people. podcast. So what are some of the up and coming fandoms that could reach a status or have such longevity as you know, the big ones like Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings? Bluey. What? Bluey. Bluey, oh. The, the one I was I drawing. actually like Bluey that one a lot. Bluey is so good, guys. Like, if you're an adult, watch Bluey. <laughs> I mean, this one's already blowing up. Huge, but, I mean, Stranger Things, I, I thought season three took a dip. Season four shot right back up. So I, I think Stranger Things and that type. Well, based on the line for the guys from Stranger yeah. Things, yeah. that's a pretty good indicator. Well, since that is all the time we have, I 
Uh, if you've ever listened to our actual podcast, when we don't have quite the same constraints, uh, I could go on uh, about this kind of stuff forever. Kellyanne, are you going to throw nerds out to I'm the people in the audience? All right. Well, first of all, I, I want to thank each of you for being here today. I want to thank all of you who are here in the audience listening with us today. Please give yourselves a loud round of applause so that it goes on to the recording of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your Fanex to be here with us. Uh, I want to thank Natalie and Dan, Kellyanne, and Chris Hoffman, our surprise uh, guest, but that I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to have here. And thank you to listening to this special live-to-tape episode from Fanex of Salt Lake, uh, from Fanex Salt Lake 2022 of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast and sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. Beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech at Fan Effect, we're excited to share with you our knowledge of and arguments about everything pop culture and fandom related. We're based in Utah, and Fan Effect celebrates the beautiful Beehive State's unique fan culture, and we're always excited to bring you local guests that feel the same. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com or on the KSL News Radio app. And if you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you want us to explore, let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show, that's effect with an E, where you can get the latest uh, nerdly updates and join the conversation. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter by the handle at Fan Effect Show. That's it for us. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Yeah.